over a thousand generations of Jedi Knights and Guardians of Peace, Justice, Hello, and welcome back to A People's History of the Old Republic. Or at least that's, uh, you know, what we what we did at one point. Now we do uh, mini Star Wars things. My name is Luke. Uh, I know uh, a medium amount about Star Wars. Um, and I am joined by uh, my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey knows uh, also uh, a bit about Star Wars and uh, also a bit about, uh, you know, real world, uh, like war type stuff. Uh, which I do not. All I know is about uh, little green frogs flipping and uh, lightsaber goper, etc., etc. <laughs> Anything like that. Uh, cool. Um, yeah. So today we are going to be continuing our series on the uh, Jedi after um, a brief hiatus because of uh, sickness and uh, you know real world and, and COVID and all that uh, fun stuff. So, yeah, uh, but we're back and we're going to be talking about the Jedi. And, you know, this time we just decided to go for it and uh, talk about how the Jedi fucking suck. Uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, uh, but first, uh, Kelsey, do you, would you like to do uh, the question for this week? Sure. The question this week um, com- comes from uh, Kabayashi and it is, what are the Grisk? Uh, yeah, the Grisk are, um, uh, so they're like, uh, they're created, uh, they were created by, uh, Timothy Zahn, uh, for his, um, uh, Thrawn for his, for, in his first new Thrawn trilogy, um, in the canon. So, and they're basically like antagonists to the Chiss and they exist in the unknown regions, which is like the vast part of space, uh, in the galaxy far, far away that, uh, is unmappable or, uh, has been unmapped because it's just very hard to get out there because the hyperlanes don't go or they switch direction or blah, blah, blah. There are, um, like, civilizations and uh and groups out there like uh the chiss thrawn species are out there and uh another species they fight are the grisk um who have never been shown um but their uh description if you are a fan of the yuzon vong uh you might uh you, you might recognize this description of the physical description of their bodies they have wide shoulders angled brow ridges, tapered skulls, and deep-set eyes, uh, which are kind of things that would remind you of the Yuuzhan Vong, if you remember them, or, uh, you know, have seen any pictures of them or anything like that. And uh, the Grisk also are, like, uh, very ritually focused. They, like... um, they disfigure the right side of everything that they have. So like the left side of their armor is like kind of pristine and the le- and the right side of it is like disfigured uh, with like acid or, you know, things that corrode or something, you know, something like that. And it has like all these weird twisted edges and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's a very like star Wars affect for a civilization to have like, Oh, we, uh, yeah, the right side of everything is uh, disfigured and the left side is, is perfectly fine. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, the reason for that, I don't know. 
I, uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know that it's been stated. It's probably something uh, you know, probably something that Thrawn would notice from looking at art. I don't know. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, the description of them is that they're like nomadic. Uh, they travel in like a huge uh, fleet of spacecraft that is so numerous it blots out the stars and they're like terrifying warriors uh who who use like uh uh, like lightning guns kind of which uh is cool lightning guns are cool i mean you know in star wars that definitely works um uh you know and but but thrawn seems to think that they're actually not nomadic and they have a home planet and it's not that they're so numerous they blot out the stars it's just that they use like crazy tactics you know the normal thrawn thing he's just being uh level-headed while everyone else is like oh my god the grisk uh, you know and they're believing the rumors and thrawn's like no no i uh I looked at a painting one of their guys did one time, and uh, I know everything. Um, you know, Thrawn, doing Thrawn things. Anyway, um, basically the Grisk, uh, for the most part, are their history is completely unknown. They did some conquests in the unknown regions, blah, blah, blah. They d- During the beginning, before the Clone Wars, they started monitoring the Republic, and then during the Clone Wars, they re- monitored the Republic and uh the the uh separatist and um they were the ones that supplied count dooku with uh uh, information on the the material cortosis that it was uh, resistant to lightsabers and blasters um and so they were involved in that and uh and then they kept watching as you know order 66 happened the empire rose and at some point thrawn and vader teamed up to kind of push back one of their forces to uh that was going to invade um supposedly and then at the end of the novel Thrawn says he thinks an invasion is imminent but of course an invasion was not really imminent because that happened like that happened a few years before the de- the first death star was destroyed and you know we haven't heard anything about them uh <laughs> and it's you know it's like 35 ABY in the technical like now of Star Wars at the end of episode 9 um yeah so uh that's the grisk uh they i think they're made to be reminiscent of the Yuzon Vong um as i mean Kelsey have said a few times uh the I, you know i i i find the vong interesting at least uh ironically um and I, it would at least be funny if they came back although i don't think they can come back until like ray's new order has been built up for a while otherwise they would just run roughshod over the galaxy with nobody to stop them um so i think this is like zon included the grisk in in these novels as like kind of a nod to that and maybe something that could be used for that a, a smaller or lesser version of the vong in the future um yeah i, I like that that's what i can tell from it i don't have um any more than that i you know I remember reading the one book that they kind of show up in a little bit. Well, and we have, there, there is like, a, there are, uh, we know the name of at least one Grisk. So it's not like, um, 
and, and we've seen them as a character in one of the throne books. So it's not like we've never, ever, ever like seen them. And it's just like rumors and myths. Like, no, there, there's like a character. We just don't, you know, we don't know much more about them than that. Yeah. So I wonder too, um, before, before we move on to the, the meat of this episode, but I think one thing that is interesting about bringing back Thrawn and bringing back with it the sort of existential threat from beyond the known mm-hmm. galaxy is, um, this is something that we, we've talked about it, um, at length, that you have this weird sort of Thrawn as a Wormachtian rehabilitation of the empire in the face of the Yuuzhan Vong and this idea that, oh, well, the empire was really built because it was a defensive mechanism against this existential threat. And um, I think Palpatine is a clear character without that motive. I think it, it lets you mm-hmm. focus more on the evil. But the idea that if the Grisker are out there and Thrawn and Vader had encountered them and then Thrawn goes missing as he does um, at the end of rebels but is rumored to return or his his returning is a big um coming arc of uh of the live action star wars featuring ahsoka then i think Mm. it's compelling enough that or it it seems lined up enough that we might see thrawn return into the galaxy and the grisk also probably brought in to play Mm. a similar role which is um how do you have an existential threat post the empire yeah um but who knows how that will line up with any of the stuff in the sequels, that speculation of them mining yeah. the EU for new content, which is they've done. Um, we've seen them do repeatedly, though, um, and deliberately um, with the iTorch plot arcs in mm-hmm. television canon and uh, somewhat haphazardly in cinematic canon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, my guess is that you're exactly right there, that they wanted the mystique of, you know, this uh, this super alien civilization that could just come in and attack from nowhere. But uh, they wanted to keep with, uh, you know, George's idea that, you know, Palpatine is just a bad guy. Like he's not he's not doing he's not taking over the galaxy to save it in the end. You know, it, the, these are, you know, just, um, you know, just uh just another like civilization out there and they're really scary it's just that you know people in the main galaxy don't really know about them because they're so far out there and galaxies are really really fucking big um yeah so it's it's a nice way to have that i don't i I don't know um if that's what they'll do but it would be very uh interesting and also like just insanely ambitious for for like them to do uh, an heir of the empire uh, adaptation in Ahsoka and then have instead of him having clones he just he was able to like somehow convince the Grisk to invade the galaxy on his behalf or whatever like that that is I mean that would almost certainly uh, end in flames in terms of being a good story but uh, you know I, I, I would I would watch it. I would. Uh, I would watch it. I can't imagine how it would end up uh, being good. Uh, but you know, I. You know, everybody says they want something different, and then you get something different, and everybody complains. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, well, yeah. Th- that's what. Uh, that's what I know about the Grisk um, from reading one book about them, and then uh, looking up Wikipedia for the rest. Um, but uh, yeah. 
we uh, we answer questions like that uh, that come from our Discord, uh, which is uh, part of our Patreon. And if you would like to subscribe to the Patreon, you can do so for $5 a month at patreon.com slash photorpod. Um, and yeah, we should uh, be getting uh, new Patreon episodes up soon. Um, but anyway, on to uh, the main show. So yeah, we're back to talking about the Jedi again. And uh, while the series will mostly focus on what the Jedi do and what their political and institutional goals are, uh, it also has to take into account that the Jedi suck. They really really suck now obviously in the moral universe of star wars the jedi are the good guys who help save the day from the evil sith and other uh baddies this is unquestionably a very good thing because living under bumbling but still well-meaning religious weirdos and an in an oligarchical republic is preferable to say living under a despotic tyrannical dark side theocracy that enslaves people uh the jedi on their worst day are still better than the sith on their best but that doesn't mean the jedi don't fucking suck and man they they really are just the worst you know while while the sith are the ones who end up doing the slavery child murder resource explo exploitation and general bad guy stuff uh the way the jedi operate uh, facilitates such things instead of making it a mission to rid the galaxy of slavery as much as possible the jedi turn a blind eye to the enslavement that occurs both inside and outside the galactic republic Instead of helping Anakin Skywalker deal with the fact that he might be the chosen one, overcome the trauma of his early life, and cope with separation from his mother, they basically throw him out there sink or to sink or swim with little true help outside of Obi-Wan. Um, instead of leading by example and refusing to be part of the Republic's schemes to gobble up resources from neutral planets during the Clone Wars, the Jedi enforced such schemes at the end of a lightsaber. The Jedi allowed... The Jedi allowed all of these things and more to happen right under their noses, ignoring both their stated goal of preserving peace and justice in the galaxy and their internal theological goal of doing the will of the light side of the Force. Rigid adherence to dogma hurts their efforts to help their own members and uh, the galaxy more generally. Arrogance at their own uh, moral correctness blinds them to their own failures, both large and small. Deference to political norms imposed by the Republic makes them complicit in crimes committed by that corrupt, sclerotic institution. To put it quite simply, the road to hell in the galaxy far, far away is paved by the Jedi's good intentions. And yet, just like Knights of the Old Republic 2 and The Last Jedi tell us, the Jedi are a necessary institution in this universe that we will never be free of. Never ever. As long as Star Wars exists, the Jedi will exist. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Of course, that doesn't mean we can't laugh about how much they suck anyway. Kelsey, what's your favorite instance of the Jedi absolutely sucking right. at what they do? So I'm. It's hard to avoid recency bias. I am. Uh, I've been doing doing multiple Clone Wars rewatches, and I just saw the the Citadel arc. Um, mm -hmm. Again, last night, which uh, briefly is about going to a Jedi-built, Separatist-held prison for Jedi, um, and it's the it's the uh, current canon introduction to Tarkin. There's a lot going on in it, uh, but one of these sort of compelling, I think, things in it, and this is sort of this is a a tale told in the Clone Wars a lot, and then told um, that has echoes and precedents in the movies 
But the Jedi specifically do not make a very compelling case for why they do what they do other than an assumption that the existing status quo of the universe is good and mm-hmm. therefore should be naturally fought to be upheld. Um, and it's especially glaring. Um, you could argue, I think, easily enough that Anakin is the greatest uh, failing of the Jedi that every step Jedi rules are prioritized. Um, rigidity mm-hmm. to Jedi rules are prioritized over helping this deeply wounded child whose primary concerns in life are the people he cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, it would not be hard to offer a way for him to be committed to fighting for those people if he could publicly acknowledge that he cares about them and that they could tie the war mm-hmm. they are fighting to what he is doing. Um, that is also, I, I realize I'm directly riffing a line from Austin Walker of the More Civilized Days podcast. So, um, But it's also, I think, a genuinely really and clear thing you can see in, in Anakin and all of this, and maybe in the universe where Qui-Gon leads to Anakin going into the Jedi Order and the Clone War doesn't happen, then teaching in normal circumstances without the war to guide and warp it um, prevents him from seeking an alternative way and it all works out fine and he doesn't become the executor of the end of the Jedi. But I think broadly, um, the rigid notion that the Jedi have to remove themselves from attachment to others, except the Order and the Jedi rules, and then also that the work they do, that the religious work they do, which then manifests in the like, the 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 often violent work they do as peacekeepers or warriors in the world, is to be done in the name of loving a world they cannot become attached to, is such a a deep deep contradiction. And I realize that's like a like I, my favorite contradiction here is a deep moral quandary um, inherent. <laughs> in the order, but I think it's Mm -hmm. a fundamental structural failing in the design of the Jedi that leads to some compelling storytelling and some really frustrating moments. Um, I think Mm -hmm. the, the most obvious instance of them sucking is their complete inability to detect that Palpatine is using the dark side of a force. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yoda, Yoda worked with him every day for like 20 years. Never noticed. Good job, dude. Good job, Yoda smart very smart yeah i'm a big fan of um of uh really the 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 plan to wipe revan's mind and just send revan back out there to do revan things um in knights of the old republic like they're 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 like dumb star wars plans that you're like okay yeah okay and then they're like just like plans that are so dumb they shouldn't exist and then there are plans that are like the under no circumstances should this plan ever work you should all you should all be you should all be hanged for even suggesting something so stupid or even endangering other people in this way you fucking idiots what is wrong with you yeah um but yeah that's kind of just what the jedi do so (laughs) yeah um 
they are, uh, yeah, they are something else. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, first just kind of talk a little bit about, um, like how the evolution of the Jedi sucking has happened, um, like throughout, throughout the history of the franchise. And then, you know, at the end we, uh, you know, can just, um, you know, talk about the specific reasons from different uh from different stories and different things we talked about on the show to uh of how they've sucked you know just just different instances of that um so like you know before before the prequels the jedi sucking wasn't really that much of a theme in the franchise because no one really knew how george lucas envisioned the jedi prior to their fall um the most we got with the Jedi being bad or misguided are things like in Tales of the Jedi where the Jedi Masters make foolish decisions or Luke's new Jedi Order where he makes dumb decisions that are later successfully resolved. Um, you know, like letting kids train near Exar Kun's ghost. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not, a, not a good idea. But, like, you know, that's just Luke being a rube. Um, you know, that's that's how he is, especially in, uh, in Legends. Uh, there weren't, you know... There weren't systemic critiques to be made uh, because, you know, nobody knew what the system looked like. In, in Tales, um, which is written between 1993 and 98, uh, there isn't even really a Jedi Council at all. There's just some revered Jedi Masters and the Jedi uh, gather to deliberate once. Uh, you know, so they mostly don't do bad stuff there except for the whole thing where they joined the Republic and committing genocide against the Sith on Korriban, but, you know, we'll get to that um, later. Uh, meanwhile, Luke's new Jedi uh, change shape and ideology all the time. Uh, these Jedi mis make mistakes and are too stubborn or rigid sometimes, but it's all more of a, you know, nobody's perfect kind of feel to it. Uh, besides, people were still under the mass delusion that everything Yoda said in Empire and uh, Jedi was ironclad truth and not the words of a dying old man trying to put the best spin on everything without uh, covering what led to the, his exile in the first place. Uh we, we now know that's definitively not the case because Lucas made the correct choice to have the Jedi be a flawed organization that precipitates their own downfall rather than a glorious group of paragons who were simply betrayed. Though it does seem some fans didn't quite get the memo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one of the things... Um, it's, it's sort of... One of the things that stands out, right, is that the, the trope that is used for jedi is is night is the term we have and it's obviously based on a lot of star wars is influenced by lucas watching um and, and getting familiar with like with samurai films and this idea that we have there's just the the sort of the cinematic night or the night of stories is a very different character than like what it actually meant to be a vassal lord who's uh part of Income and responsibility was being a landlord and the rest of it was you get called up to the army and your job is to charge peasants um, and other lords. It's not um, I think there's a we could see a similar disconnect where the, the further you go back and you have to flesh out what it means to be a Jedi, um, what it means to have this as a knightly order. As a as a religious knightly order, is you get a weird, weird structure based on sort of a good myth and in the original trilogy which is the the part of star wars with the fewest jedi in it um mm -hmm. 
really, you get this very compelling vision of a kid trained to believe in an order without ever seeing what it looked like in practice. Um, mm-hmm. And and so Luke comes across, and, and it certainly understands how after, um, in the long gap between Return of the Jedi and any future Star Wars, um, it's easy to see Luke built on this idealism and this vision, which is inherited from... Um, from Obi-Wan and from Yoda, two people with a not insignificant role um, in how how the everything fell apart. But it's based on their best vision of what they used to do. Um, and then we get mm-hmm. this very translated thing. And then um, as we're starting to, to see in um, spoilers for the live action Star Wars productions, what we're starting to see is uh, actually doing the work of reinstitutionalizing is mm-hmm. very hard without reckoning with the limitations of the institution before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Luke is, Luke is in the, uh, not learning anything from the past. Maybe, uh, you know, doesn't even know, maybe doesn't really at this point know that there is, uh, something to learn from all the Jedi, uh, failure. Uh, because of what he was taught and the uh, dearth of information on the Jedi. Um, but, you know, it, even, you know, t- talking about the prequels again, even if you do put the best spin on, on everything the Jedi do in the prequels, you know, Lucas then decided to drive the point home in the Clone Wars animated series. And that gives us the best look into the good and bad of the Jedi. And we see that some of them do heroism and are good Jedi while others do war crimes for sport. And sometimes they just jump back and forth between those two extremes uh, over the course of a few episodes. Um, Obi-Wan does. Uh, Anakin does all the time. Uh, oftentimes the Jedi are also just enforcing the imperialist tendencies of the Republic, choosing to stick the, to the status quo relationship they have and putting the Jedi code and great, uh, the Jedi code and greater good on the back burner. The Jedi help subdue neutral war worlds so their public can exploit their resources on numerous occasions. They mislead locals and bring the war with them wherever they go, even if they don't intend to. They regularly choose to do the wrong thing because it would violate some political norm or treaty as though they themselves don't often dictate and sign said treaties. Uh, some of them lead from behind, allowing hundreds of clones to die instead of risking their lives and fighting at the front. When they have superpowers, uh, they tolerate slavery outside the Republic and allow lesser forms of slavery like indentured servitude and serfdom within the Republic's borders. They stubbornly stick to conservative dogma and practices about the Force, driving away good Jedi and pushing Anakin directly into Palpatine's waiting arms. Even weeks before the end of the Clone Wars and the start of Episode 3 in the final uh, arc of the series that Lucas was in charge of, Yoda believes that he fully overcome the dark side and the Jedi had not yet been corrupted by it. The final lesson Yoda learns in the Clone Wars is of his own failure and that no one, not even him, could ever fully overcome the darkness. So, you know, they just, just... just really hammered that. Just really hammered that point home. You know, George Lucas knows writers who use subtext. They're all cowards. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> Everyone. And it's to the point, um, right, where we're starting to see. Um, I mean, obviously, the hypocrisy is is written in the 
to get to a point where you have prequels, you have an existing thing that has to fall. We, we see it. George Lucas mm-hmm. was unsubtle in writing it. The Clone Wars um, expanded upon it at length. And then even um, the uh, the sequels wrestled with it to varying degrees of success, I think is the nicest way to put it. I think there's it's, it's tackled extremely well in Last Jedi and not um, particularly well any other point but i think um even in um in the live action shows we're starting to see this made explicit um which which to just touch upon we'll talk more about this we're, we're bound to there there's there's more coming out and there's lots to say but because this is directly relevant to the topic of the limitations of the jedi it is brought up in the in episode five of the book of boba um, where a, a Mandalorian specifically contrasts the creed of Mandalorians, specifically the creed of the Death Watch, it's a whole thing, um, but like specifically this, this so like the Death Watch are not 100% representative of that, but it's certainly a creed of this group that emphasizes that solidarity and attachment are strengths as contrasted with Jedi. That is text in Star Wars now, that is explicit text um and it's i think something fascinating to see set in motion because the death watch are a weird vessel for it they're not exactly a particularly great example of um what it means to be a warrior order in this universe though they're 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 a clear example of it but they're not like a model to emulate but they have this very different vision of what it means to be in relation to the people you work with and the people you see your work as serving. Um, mm-hmm. And that's huge that, that I mean, I, well, it, it's, it's space that could have been explored in depth more. And it looks like it will be explored in depth more. Um, it's sort mm-hmm. of weird. It's all happening in side arcs off side arcs in book of Boba, but whatever um, star Wars is starting to reckon with the Jedi as presented and the Jedi as must be presented given the timeline of it have to be profoundly mm-hmm. limited um, in order for the events as outlined to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not going away either. Uh, Filoni is uh, nothing if not a Lucas um, uh, disciple. And, uh, you know, he helped write all of the Clone Wars uh, with George Lucas. So, yeah, that, uh, that whole thing definitely not going away in the future uh, if that is your... Um, you know, if that's something you don't like, uh, you know, but I mean, if it's something you don't like, I don't really know how you're still into Star Wars at this point, because the hypocrisy of the Jedi is like the is one of like the bedrock things that the franchise is built upon at this point. I mean, it, you know, the films, uh, you know, the prequels and, and The Last Jedi, um, it, it's, you know, crucial background plot point in in the Clone Wars and Rebels um serves as a theme in numerous novels and books and uh you know it's the central tenet of, of one of the most popular video games Knights of the Old Republic 2 and 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 part of the backdrop for for many more like uh, Knights of the Old Republic and and Fallen Order um and, and I mean it's something that they're that they're even you know they're even trying to deal with with uh, the High Republic because um you know that was like you know we're gonna be this is gonna be the golden age of the Republic the golden era and it's just like well you know that uh, that that lasted very um not not a long time um 
and uh yeah the jedi uh are already already back to sucking some somewhat um <laughs> in uh in the higher public so yeah uh good times not not going away but uh but anyway uh enough of that shit let's just uh let's just enumerate some of the jedi sins because it's way more fun uh to do um yeah so uh we'll just start with the old republic stuff uh in legends and work our way up to canon from there uh Tales of the Jedi, which we covered uh, a long time ago, um, I, other than uh, the decision to um, contribute to genocide uh, of the Sith, which was a mistake, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's kind of one of those original sin type deals of the Jedi because the Sith forever thereafter were like, "Hey, look, they did it! You know, they did it first, man. They did it first. Um, <laughs> And I mean, sure, Naga Sadal tried it first, but the Jedi did it first. So you know, they just, uh, you know, they they got the that that gave the Sith a uh, a a grudge a grudge to hold for the rest of time, as if they didn't already have one. Uh, other, I don't uh, I don't really remember anything else in Tales of the Jedi except uh, like individual masters, like Exar Queen's master should have just, uh, you know done the old uh, the old Luke Skywalker and uh, and uh, taking his taking his student out with a lightsaber in a cave before that one uh, got going uh, which would have been bad in and of itself but you know um, <laughs> you know sometimes uh, you got to do a little bit of bad no nah, I'm just kidding um, it, yeah I, I don't there like I like I said uh, there's not really a, a Jedi council in tales of the Jedi because I mean that wasn't really a thing yet uh that that lucas had had expounded upon um at the time so yeah not uh not too much there but again genocide not not great not great guys not great um in the in the kotor comics um which again is something we covered a a while ago um there's a, one of the, the sort of parts of the Jedi, I think, that is sort of lost. Um, it's fundamental to the lore, but not super touched upon, is that they have um, to deal with visions of, of the future, and that can be maddening um, and infuriating. And uh, I think KOTOR Comics, if I recall correctly, um, open with some Jedi having a vision that tells them they need to kill their Padawans, which is yes. uh, not... not Great, very good, don't, not very good, bad, don't do it, um, messed. And then it leads to a, a long series of tragedies and disasters all based on misreading prophecy or reacting poorly to prophecy and setting um, horrors in motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Jedi Council in, in the KOTOR comics is, is one of the worst. One one of the worst that we see. Um, they're so bad that uh, that the the one of them, the, um, Vandar Toker, who's who's uh, the the little guy of Yoda's species in Kotor, um, he's in there, and so is Vruk Lamar. And this is the only time Vruk Lamar ever does anything, <laughs> any any redeeming thing in the entire time he's in. Uh, the series is is like he's one of the council members who takes action against the um covenant who are like a shadow sith organization that's been uh working its way into the jedi and uh you know and and uh uh 
Vruk Lamar, um, who everyone remembers from hating in the two KOTOR games, uh, is the one who actually leads the Jedi into the compound to stop, uh, to, to stop this, this group from overtaking the Jedi order. And it's like, that's how, that's how bad the, the rest of the council is, is they're like taking a backseat to, to Vruk Lamar, who's like just the fucking worst at all times, man. And yeah, it's, yeah, um, they're 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 awful, and they don't help anyone, and they don't help Zane, and uh, yeah, they're. I mean, it's it's just bad. It's it's bad. Um, uh, the 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 trend uh, continues in Kotor. Um, I you know I made reference to it earlier, but um, the decision to uh for for Bastila not to kill Revan, and for them to mind completely mind wipe Revan, um give him amnesia take his his old memories away take everything like that away and just to stick him back out in the world and hope that he can somehow lead them to the secret super weapon that's giving the sith all of these spaceships which we know of course is the star forge um and uh, once they once they find all that out okay fine like that's a terrible idea but okay fine but once they find that out uh, and they find, and Revan and Basila find the ruins on Dantooine and the Jedi council in Dantooine then hears that, um, the, the, these Rakatan ruins are actually dark side fueled and all of this in the star forge is going to be dark is fueled by the dark side. And, and they send Revan back out with Basila to, um, to just find the Star Forge, like uh, to to go back into his old life of trying to find this stuff, the same thing that led him down the path to darkness uh, in the first place, and uh, yeah, like I mean, Basil is still a Padawan, like it, uh, ugh, it's yeah, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea at all. They, I mean, and then something that kind of happens in the margins is when Dantooine is attacked, some of the Jedi Masters and the Jedi at the at the at the Enclave there sense it in a disturbance through the Force and have some time to escape, but like, doesn't seem that they really warn anyone because then the Sith show up and just crack down on everything in the planet and decimate stuff from orbit. Um, yeah, not. Uh, not not great guys thanks for that i guess yeah that's that's kotor um <laughs> and then yeah and then kelsey kotor too uh which uh they were they you know everybody loves that everybody loves the jedi in kotor too I, right kotor too is the as 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 lucas fond is saying it's probably the single strongest case against the jedi ever ever made and it's i mean god from it, it opens with um and the events of kotor 2 involve the surprise ambush and destruction of so many jedi they create wounds their absence creates wounds in the forest there's scarring there's wounds there's the part where the only jedi who can really exist to bring them back was in exile and had been cut off from the force as if i believe if i remember correctly punishment for i mm. previous action that has to re-establish a connection it's it's a whole staggering mess it's a wonder that the jedi order gets 
rebuilt at all after mm-hmm. it. I mean, I mean, we we know it must given how it's how it's situated when it's produced, but it's the kind of event that should lead to a uh, an extinction or reformation or a what mm-hmm. beliefs you have to have to survive the staggering array of uh, of crimes and failures and near total it's hard to say civilizational collapse but i think the collapse of the republic and possibly the collapse of all life darth nihilus is not messing mm-hmm. around um yeah 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 no you're you're absolutely right uh it yeah, Kotor too. Like it, it is the strongest indictment of the Jedi that that there's ever been. There will, uh, I'm very confident in saying there will never be another story like that. Even even like an even like a novel or a game or something like that. Because I just don't think that uh, the Lucasfilm story group will want to go that hard in that direction. I mean. Uh, the in just to give you a flavor if you don't remember or if you've never played kotor 2 in the game the only jedi who are left are um vruklamar and two other jedi masters who were who were alive during kotor but we didn't see um and there is another former jedi master named atris and she has been hiding away and uh basically just getting uh trying to get knowledge out of sith holocrons for years and the jedi are in hiding because as kelsey said nihilus showed up and um uh, he ate a planet, uh, consumed all the life and all the force energy from a planet where the Jedi were meeting in a Jedi uh, conclave. And yeah, there are like three, four Jedi left in the galaxy. Bastille is still out there, but she's in hiding um, because, you know, she has a kid, um, which is something that hap- doesn't happen in Kotor 2, but that doesn't matter. Um, uh you know, so they're so bad that they're in hiding and they, the, the exile comes and finds them and gets them out and is like, okay, we can fight the Sith. We can all fight the Sith together. And they're all like, okay, yeah, we, we, the, the exile brought us out here. Okay. This is great. And instead of deciding to band together and fight the Sith like this, uh, they blame the exile and they blame the, the exile for doing all this, for bringing the Sith upon them and decide that they're going to like go back into hiding because then the Sith won't be able to, to find them or whatever. And, uh, yeah, then Kraya kills them all, um, which, you know, uh, can't say, uh, wasn't something of a fitting punishment for them anyway. They, yeah, it's, um, yeah, they're, they're totally, um, worthless. Like, the like every everything in the game is about the like the jedi masters did this wrong they did this wrong they did this wrong they did this wrong um they led the jedi in these ways they uh you know they uh, they allowed zirka to um to do slaving inside the uh inside the republic um they've gone into hiding now and at the beginning of kotor 2 the republic itself is literally 30 days from collapse to the point that like uh one of the the side characters uh, a droid named goto um is like look 
it doesn't matter if it's a Sith or a Jedi or whatever, but somebody has to come back in and get everybody in line. Otherwise, this whole thing, this this whole like infrastructure, governmental infrastructure here, whether it be an empire or a republic or whatever, is just going to completely fall apart and collapse because these morons with superpowers are so integral to it that it can't stand up on its own. But at the same time, they're all in hiding or the bad guys are literally in, in one case trying to eat the universe. And in another case, trying to kill the force itself. Like the game is unflinching. It takes Revan from being like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but like he fell to the dark side, you know, he, he, it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like Vader where, you know, he killed a bunch of kids. It takes him from that to someone who like planned an entire battle, uh, and HK 47 basically says, look, he lined up all of his enemies, whether they be Mandalorian or Jedi or Republic inside the blast radius of a super weapon over Malachor five. And then he killed them all like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people just in, you know, gave the order to kill him. And, uh, you know, like that is, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, we talk, get, go, go listen to the Coast War 2 stuff. Um, it's series six. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot more. Uh, we detail, we try to detail all of it. There's, God, there's so much. <laughs> um, yeah. New Sith Wars. Uh, that was, you know, stuff around the Rusan Reformation and Bane and all that. And uh, the Jedi aren't terribly incompetent in that like they they they're a lot worse than they could be but a uh, bane is is far more incompetent uh <laughs> than the jedi are because he's an idiot but you know you know how that goes um do you remember anything any other stuff from the new I'm Sith Wars? trying to think of any jedi specific crimes i mean i think what is as best i recall the jedi handle it um the best that the jedi handled any threat Though ultimately mm-hmm. it's Sith betrayal and it's the um, it's Bane's vision of a different Sith based on a different uh, structure of mm-hmm. betrayal that perpetrates yeah. the order that saves it. But I think it's telling in particular that this is um, the moment, maybe the high watermark of Jedi competence, because when we get to all the events of of the the films it's at the tail end of a decline mm-hmm. from this and also that the jedi order that somehow survives the new sith wars is the one that gets reformed to okay how do we um make sure this isn't um how do we how do we institutionalize so we don't have this nightmare again um there's a lot in there but i don't recall any specific crimes in the new sith war era yeah, I don't either. Um, in the New Jedi Order, uh, Kelsey knows a lot oh, more about man. that than I do. Uh, but yeah, all I remember um, is that Luke let his nephew fall to the dark side in the exact same way that Vader fell and uh, never learned anything because he was a big bumbling dingus. And it always pissed me off every time. Every every Luke story uh, in the EU Except for Dark Empire, which is just more ironically funny than anything, but you know. Yeah, I mean, so the new the new Jedi Order is it's interesting because we're seeing traces of it, and there's echoes of it in um, in the films. Obviously, if you're dealing with with Luke there, and you're especially um, in the in the Mandalorian and Boba, Book of Boba Fett. But one of the things that's really striking is that 
Luke still splits his time, sort of, between founding a new self-perpetuating Jedi Order on what teachings he specifically remembers and can find. And then Mm -hmm. the rest of it is still off being like an agent of the Republic and adventuring. Um, If there's sort of any lesson that, uh, I mean, one of the bigger lessons that Obi-Wan and Yoda failed to impart, right, is that the Jedi faltered when they became indistinguishable from the Republic. Um, And so Mm -hmm. Luke does not spend the time devoting the Jedi to being Jedi, maybe Jedi whose who's knights and whose agents are in service of the Republic, but like the Academy itself is, there's a lot that falls, um, an inability to keep the, to keep one of the, the solo twins from falling to the dark side is uh, deeply tragic and bad. Um, and it eventually, like it, it it's, a, it's a Jedi order that collapsed, functionally collapses as best i recall within the space of a generation um it's not a durable thing and it manages to uh, again create the sort of pool for dark side recruits yeah yeah they um like it it, the luke's luke's new jedi order ends up with um one of the kids uh becoming a new dark lord of the sith um, one of the other kids uh, killing her brother who became the Dark Lord of the Sith and the brother who became the Dark Lord actually killing his other brother in secret. Uh, yeah, so Luke's New Jedi Order, um, yeah, uh, not great. <laughs> not great, but, you know, that's okay. Um, you know, we... Uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of that stuff was from before um, this had been fleshed out. So they were kind of, you know, just uh, flailing for, you know, what, what's this going to be like? What's, what's it going to be? So, you know, some of it's like that. And then there's also, also stuff like Abeloth, which is just, oh god, so bad. Anyway, uh, the original trilogy. Um, I, there's not really a Jedi there. There's Yoda and Obi Wan and Luke uh partially um i guess maybe yoda not not divulging all the truth but at the same time it's one of those things like what's he gonna do like we don't know how long the training was so what's he gonna do like take like take a week out of like teaching luke how to use the force to be like okay this is what we actually did wrong i mean yeah he should do that but that's not gonna happen (laughs) yeah I, i think the sort of the biggest failings in the original trilogy like there's there's a lot that they have to fit in we have to establish all of it but this is really the notion that um if there are two jedi in hiding maybe there are more maybe luke could seek those out and also the notion that what had failed and like luke learns remarkably well despite a lack of explicit teaching on this right like the the ultimate confrontation with with Palpatine and Vader is a is a testament to the strength of his teaching, um, but it's not one that could be applied more broadly. What saves Luke and ultimately ends the Empire? Well, it's hard to know, right? Like if the Death Star just gets destroyed in that moment anyway by um, by the Millennium Falcon, it's all sort of a moot point. But in the in the in the struggle between Sith and Jedi here, 
the thing that saves Luke is acknowledging that there is strength and power in attachment. That's what wins Vader over and has him depart as Anakin. And then there's no attempt to spring that forward into anything he teaches afterwards. Um, so we sort of, but like, as as a platonic ideal of what the Jedi are doing right that we see on screen, right? Like the original trilogy shows the potential of Jedi well. I don't think there's any striking mm-hmm. failures other than sort of the limits of not explaining canon yeah. that hadn't been written yet, which fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like some of it's like, yeah, Obi-Wan lied to Luke, but like you can't like that is he only lied to Luke because they changed everything after the first movie. Like, you know, so it's it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, on the one hand, you understand why Luke's mad at him. But on the other hand, but, you know, still, on the other hand, you're like, oh, yeah, I understand the meta circumstances of this. So, yeah, kind of uh, whatever. Oh, man, uh, the prequel Jedi. Oh, fuck. We already talked about it. Um, not knowing that Palpatine is evil, is the Dark Lord. Um, uh, getting involved in a war in the first, getting involved in the war as, as generals in the first place. Um, uh, allowing an entire group of people, of millions upon millions of clones to be created as cannon fodder. Um, is, uh, is not great. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, just, just everything from, you know, from across the movies in, in episode two, Anakin comes to Yoda and is like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm scared that something, that something's going to happen to my mom. I've been having these dreams and Yoda's like, man, that shit sucks, bro. Sorry to hear about it, but, uh, that's a you problem. You ain't got shit to do with me. And it's just like, cool yeah like man no wonder you guys fuck this up you guys suck yeah right i mean i think all the failures that go into into anakin um feeling as though the things that are dearest to him are not just not protected but become threatened by the existence of the jedi is huge and inability to figure out Palpatine before it's way too late, a decision to attempt to assassinate Palpatine rather than bring it before the Senate or literally mm-hmm. anything else. Um, the nature of the war, the fact that the, I mean, that Revenge of the Sith opens with a captured Palpatine aboard a separatist fleet outside Coruscant Um is uh, at a minimum a uh, major strategic and tactical failure. It's sort of an endless string of L's that they take in the in the prequel era, which is sort of what needs mm-hmm. to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Clone Wars, um, to, to seamlessly flow into that, right, which is um, a later elaboration of it all, but it, it covers a lot of, of these limits. And the, mm-hmm. the Jedi fail to really make an affirmative case for their own existence and for the Republic. And they failed mm-hmm. to make it to the people who would most matter, which are respectively Anakin, Palpatine, and the the Separatists who left. There isn't a reason to fight for a Republic. There isn't a reason to preserve the Jedi other than inertia. And 
the means they make to do it right is they don't even ask people to fight in these wars. Um, they order a army of vat grown clones. Um, and then the fact that the Jedi see this and don't go, wait a second, if this was ordered 10 years ago, there's machinations in place. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, cool, we have an army now, let's use it. There's just a lot of deep, deep yeah. feeling. Yeah, it's, um, and I mean, it's something to the point that in the, the first actual episode of the Clone Wars animated series, uh, Yoda has to lead a troop, uh, a small group of clones, and they're trying to fight their way through some some droids, um, through some separatist droids. And, uh, you know, Yoda has this whole speech about, like, even though they're clones, they're unique and individual, and the force flows through them. And then proceeds to spend the next three years just throwing millions of them to their deaths. Just, I mean, Yoda, Yoda led from the front when he could, but you know, like, still, he's the grandmaster of the order. He, um, the buck stops there, and uh, he did not uh, deal with the buck well <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, the Clone Wars, uh, you know, take your pick. Pushing Ahsoka away, pushing Barriss off into uh, becoming a terrorist and uh, nearly killing a bunch of people, uh, you know, doing the whole Space Vietnam thing on Umbara. Um, yeah. Uh, funding the Mujahideen on Onderon, um that will eventually uh, grow to be the group that uh, destroys them. Uh, it's a nice touch. Um, thanks, George. I'm being completely serious there. That's a, that's a nice touch. Thank you. Um, oh, Jesus. What else? Um, fuck. They, uh, they, they, they allow... I mean, they, we find out that they know that the Zygerians are like a bunch of slavers um, out in the Outer Rim, and they still are allowed to exist, even though Obi-Wan, Rex, Ahsoka, and Anakin all get fake captured to try and take them down. Like, yeah, it's... I mean, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's... There's, I mean, in the Clone Wars, all the dubs are small and all the L's are big. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. It's like, oh, man, I love this. adds so much texture to these characters. I love them. And then you're also like, oh, man, these are these people are awful, just awful. I wonder what they got up to next. Um, yeah. And then there's Rebels. Um, there's no Jedi Order in Rebels. Uh Yoda is talking to people through the world between worlds. He's just trying to dispense advice. Um, uh, you know, Kanan's a good Jedi. Um, Obi-Wan kills Maul. I don't know. There's not much there. Um, uh, that that's really terribly bad, uh, that the Jedi do anyway. I mean, we feel the, we feel the, the after effects of it, but you know, it's not a lot in, in rebels itself that I, I mean, right. And it's one of the things where the fewer, I mean, this is, this is sort of a, a thing we're exposing in the course of this episode, right? But the fewer Jedi on screen, um, or, or in an arc, the more likely it is that the Jedi are doing good. Um, which doesn't mean that the Jedi should like adopt a rule of two or work minimally, but it does mean that when you have only a few on hand, um, mm-hmm. and aren't, basing plans for galactic order around thousands of uh, superhuman beings, then maybe mm-hmm. um, the structures you come up with are different and better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then there's uh, finally the uh, the sequel era, and that you know is I guess kind of everything after um, Return of the Jedi, um, and yeah, that's Luke screwing up with Grogu, which we kind of knew was going to happen because he screwed everything up um, with the Jedi or with his new Jedi orders. Um, and then Luke screwing everything up with Ben Solo and allowing Ben Solo to fall to the dark side and, you know, kind of forcing his fall to the dark side. Um, and, you know, the rise of Kylo Ren comic, which is, but, you know, it's there. Um, uh, uh, they're not really present much in Bloodline, um, though there's a lot about how, how they really fucked up uh, beforehand and how it uh, causes problems for normal people, uh, you know, which is a thing. Um, and, uh, of course, um, the rise of the First Order and uh, the Force Awakens, though it's not really a Jedi Order. There's Maz Kanata giving Rey a lightsaber and, uh, yeah, Rey and Kylo fighting and and you see Luke there at the very end and then you know the last Jedi which is um you know <laughs> uh Luke is right about the Jedi sucking but uh but wrong in that uh, they're unnecessary for the galaxy because uh as uh they go out of their way to say over and over and over again beating us over the head um we are never getting away from these fuckers, no matter what. Uh, they are uh, they are as necessary to this uh, to this galaxy as oxygen. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, T TLJ. Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the um, it's the strongest and most accessible uh, look at the Jedi as having failed, and what does it mean to face that um and it sets up um in in several ways big and small what should be a great uh reckoning with and then argument for the jedi as a positive force in the universe and sort of one that binds it together and 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 banishes evil and restores balance and repairs harm and boy do we not get that in the rise of skywalker <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Um, not what I wanted, but I, the Jedi don't, again, there's not many Jedi there, so there's not much sucking to do. Um, Leia dies to redeem her son somehow. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's not great. Um, but I guess the Jedi themselves don't do anything too awful in that one. <laughs> They're more they're more hemmed in by uh, by the script than anything on that one I would say um, yeah uh, the Jedi they suck um, they suck a lot they allow uh, th bad things to happen and uh, they have superpowers and uh, don't use them to do the things that they should do uh, part of the reason I think I've talked about before that I like um, I like Qui Gon a lot. Um, especially in like uh, the expanded stuff um, is that he seems to be one of the few Jedi who's actually concerned with like the uh, material circumstances of people in uh, the galaxy far, far away, um, which is nice. It's nice when Jedi care about that because that's obviously a big deal to people um, and, you know, people want to live and not die. And uh, when you've got superpowers, it's kind of easier to uh, have an effect on that uh, than otherwise uh, 
than, than it is for just regular people who may not have superpowers <laughs> or uh, laser swords. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's the Jedi. That's why they suck. Um, next time we'll probably actually talk about some of the good stuff they do, like what makes an actual good Jedi, like uh, like Kanan. Everybody loves Kanan. That guy's great. Kanan from Rebels. Everybody loves him. Ezra sucks, but that's not that's not Kanan's fault. Um, Ezra's just an annoying. Twin. That Ezra gets um, better is a testament to Kanan's ability. Ugh, ugh. Grit through my gritted teeth. I guess he gets better. <laughs> Does he get good? I didn't say that. <laughs> At least he doesn't have the the pistol lightsaber anymore. <laughs> oh man! I uh, what what a treat! I, yeah, I think that's that's a good place to leave. We will talk about what endears us to the Jedi, what the Jedi do right next time. Um, and I imagine as as when Book of Boba winds down, we'll find a place to talk about that properly too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So thank you for listening. Uh, Kelsey, uh, where can the people find you? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at AthertonKD. You can find me on Substack um, at the same. Um, you should also find me at Discontents. Um, if the timing of this is right, I will have either be writing or recently written a big thing on uh, robot dogs. I'm just writing about robot dogs all the time. Um, for a host of reasons, one of which is that robot dogs keep being in the news and they keep being terrifying. So if you like to read about real-life war machines and uh, learn about why they're awful in new and interesting ways, then you can find me on a variety of social medias. (laughs) Yeah, and my name is Luke. Um, uh, I'm at LucasAmazing on Twitter, um, and I am, uh, I have another podcast called we're not so different about medieval history. Uh, and you can find it, uh, wherever you're listening to this, uh, you can find it on Twitter at WNSD pod. Uh, yeah, but again, thank you so much for listening and, uh, we'll see you next time and, uh, may the force be with you.